welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 284 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. This is officially our last interview episode of 2018, and there'll be some changes coming to the podcast in 2019, and I'm going to talk about that this coming Friday on the episode, so you're going to want to be sure to tune into that. I'm so excited for this final Extraordinary Moms guest of the year because she just is amazing. Truly extraordinary in every way. Charity Lighten is my guest. She is going to talk about her motherhood journey. She's going to talk about her husband's battle with cancer and what they've done to kind of really prioritize health and just living their best lives in the season that they are in. Her Instagram handle is a vibrant life and she really exemplifies that in every aspect of the phrase. So I'm really, really excited to dive deeper into Charity's motherhood journey today and I know you're going to love getting to know her better as well. So let's get to my conversation with Charity Lighten. All right. I am so thrilled to be actually welcoming my last guest of 2019, Charity. Hi, Charity. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to be on. I'm so excited to sit and chat with you. Yeah, me too. I have wanted to have you on for so long. I've been following your journey and your family's journey, and I just admire you so much, and you just inspire me. Every time you pop up in my feed, this is our first time chatting, but I feel like I know you, which is creepy, but I'm sure you hear that a lot, and I'm grateful for what you share online and really the light that you share. So thank you. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you. For people that may not know you, will you just go ahead and just bring us up to speed? Tell me a little bit about your background and who you are. Yeah. Okay. So I I grew up in Canada um, and then I moved to the United States when I was 18 to go to school. And that's where I met my husband. I fell in love. My parents were like, you're going to fall in love with an American and you'll never be back home. And that's (laughs) partially true. So um, I graduated with a degree in accounting and then I had baby, 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 baby. So that was kind of my life for Mm -hmm. um, little kids under the age of six. And I have a very um, entrepreneurial spirit. So I was kind of always into something. I like business. I like just delving into different things, finding progress in different areas. So that was kind of always something that I did on the side. Um, And of course, like for me, being a mom was was always a priority, but I always had other things kind of on the side, is like mm-hmm. I like to say. Yeah. Um, and then I guess fast forward to where I'm at now, um, still, still married, still four kids, still in Utah. And my latest business venture has been one of, you know, passion and love. And, and it is a company called Silver Firm Brand. I'm one of the co-founders. It's a healthy living supplement type company. And so between that and taking care of some other things in my life, which I'm sure we'll get into in the podcast, um, that's kind of where, yeah, that's what takes a majority of my time right now. Yeah. I just feel like we're kindred spirits. I too, I mean, I taught voice lessons from the time I was 15. And if I were to list out all the random jobs that I basically created for myself (laughs) all throughout my life, like I kind of even undersell like 
what all I have going on because I think I lose credibility with how many things I have going on. <laughs> but I just, I'm just so passionate. I'm, you know, what we call multi-passionate and you are as well, which I think is yes. just awesome. And it's not to be diminished that there's not like one main thing, but we also have the love of motherhood in common. So, I mean, going back to the early years when you had your first child, now you have four in what ways did you feel, you know, prepared for motherhood? But I mean, I think we all feel challenged in other ways. How was that experience for you? Yeah, you know, I don't know that I ever really felt prepared. Like if mm. I look back and I'm being really honest, um, I did not get along with my mother when, mm. when I was a teenager. And I, I love my mom. We're just, we're, we're not super, super close, probably not as close as that I would like to be, or I should be. And I need to, I need to put more effort into that relationship. But I do remember that my teenage years, they were, there was tension between my, me and my mom. And I remember thinking like, I do not want to have children and have the type of relationship with my kids that I have with my mom. I just felt like that was not something that I wanted to do, Mm. but I always wanted to be a mom. Like I look back on my mom and she was a really good mother. And so we just didn't get along, but she did teach me, you know, lots of really great, valuable skills. So when I decided to have my first child, I was, I was scared to death, Jessica. I'm not, I'm like, when you say, did you feel prepared? I was like, no, I did not feel prepared at all. I just knew that it was part of my journey. I knew that it was something that I, I wanted and it was something I was willing to take on despite the fact that I just, I felt like every other woman on the planet could, could, and probably was doing it better than I was. Hmm. Would you say that your mom was probably doing the very best that she could at, for, you know, what she was experiencing in her own journey, in her own life? Yes. And you know, you, even just you saying that, like, I feel emotion coming up inside of me Mm. to just give her that and, and be like, yes, yes. She was doing the best that she could. She came, my mom's German and I, the German culture is, it just is a different culture in the sense that for my mom, like she values just saying it how it is or just mm. being honest. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, yeah, but that's, that is hurtful. Yeah. Um, but yes, absolutely. She was, she was, and is still doing the best that she can. And, and now that I'm a mother and I have grown children, I hope that they will offer me that same benefit of the doubt where they're like, you know what? My mom's just doing the best that she knows how to do. So hmm. yeah, I thank you for like, thank you for bringing that up. That's kind of an enlightening thought to just assume all moms are doing the best that they know how to do. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, you know, thing you couldn't wish things were different or better or things like that. You're completely entitled to that as well. But then it really just makes me think, I think we all have that to some degree. And we all think about the things we, you know, have learned from our mothers that we'd like to replicate. And then the things we really want to be intentional about doing differently or doing our own way. And so in in what ways are you really self-aware in being intentional about, you know, whether it's building relationships with your kids or handling personalities, you know, among your different children that maybe you do clash a little more. I mean, I have one child that it's just more it's tough. It's tough with him. To, yeah. I don't think the same way that he thinks and we're butting heads and I feel a lot of guilt around that, but I also want to figure out better ways. I don't just want to just stay in the guilt. Do you know what I mean? So how do you totally, kind of approach that? Totally. Like, no, I, I totally know what you're saying. Like I, I even said something to my son last night that I probably shouldn't have said. I was like, you know, I bet you that hurt his feelings mm-hmm. in my mind. I was like, yeah, but I was being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I was like, no, I don't, I don't want that. And, and literally this morning, 
as I was saying kind of my morning prayers, I thought, you know, I need to make sure that he knows how much I love him. We do clash a little bit. Our personalities are a little bit different. I'm, I'm, Unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm more of a serious soul. Mm. Um, my husband's way more, he's way more fun. Uh, we joke that when I'm on vacation, like vacation charity, she's fun. But like everyday charity, everyday mom <laughs> is not, she's more structured and, and she's got to get the stuff done, right? But, mm-hmm. but yes, I thought, you know, my son is way more of that kind of fun, loving, free spirit, which sometimes frustrates me. But I thought, okay, yeah. Um, I don't need to stay in the guilt. Like you just said, I just need to do better. And I love, I love the phrase that when we know better, we do better. Yes. Um, and that's kind of one that I just, I try to live by the best that I can, but I, I can make it right when I've made mistakes as a mom. And, and try to let my kids know that it, like we all make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes, but it's our responsibility to do better once we've learned from those mistakes. Absolutely. And if your mom had been a perfectly perfect mom, and if you try and put on this facade that you are a perfectly perfect mom, how do our kids feel the space to make mistakes and to come back from those things if they don't see that modeled for them? I think that's really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. I ask for forgiveness a lot. <laughs> I do. And yeah. I, but I think that's not showing my weakness. It's showing proper modeling for that's how you come back. That's how you bounce back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're, you're right on on that. Yeah. So, I mean, you've had many businesses secondary to motherhood and everything. Where did that drive come from? And especially in the busy seasons of life, how did you juggle it all? And did you feel mom guilt? I mean, I hate that term, but I mean, yeah. people say it. So like, yes. let's just go ahead and say it. How did, yeah. how did you prioritize things so you still felt like your priorities were put in their proper places? I guess that's kind of a better way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think once you do that, for me at least, when I could look back on my everyday and go, okay, my priorities are right in the sense that my priorities for me were my children and, and my husband and my relationship with God. Those are kind of my top priorities. And I thought, okay, if I can make sure and check in every day to make sure that those are doing okay, um, then the other things I didn't need to feel guilt about. Yeah. And I had, I did have lots of little tiny businesses. I like, like you, right. I wore multiple, multiple hats. In fact, to this day, when somebody walks up to me or I have to introduce myself at different business meetings or events that I'm at and they say, what do you do? (laughs) I'm like, um, which hat am I wearing right now? Like, that's a hard question. Like I'm, I'm writing a book right now. I, I like, anyway, there's lots of different hats that I could wear. So, um, at, when I was juggling all these different things on the side, I just needed to always remember that for me, my passions and the things that I was excited about, um, they didn't need to take necessarily a backseat. They just needed to be time managed. Mm. And so I, I look back, back then. And even now today, I mean, I still, I, I have four teenagers, but, um, only two of them live at home right now. And I still manage my time in the same way. So I would say, first of all, you, I mean, you asked me, where did I get that drive? That drive is always, that's just been something that I've been born with. I feel like our souls crave progress. And for me, I find it tremendous joy in progress. Although that usually comes in this disguise of something that's really hard, like really hard to do. Um, you know, I, I decided to get my master's degree when I was a grown adult Amazing. and that was hard. There's, there's lots of different things that I've done that have been hard, but if I look back and I go, okay, well, what was, how did I, how did I manage it? Or how could I, what could I offer to your listeners? Um, because I would love to offer actionable things or, you know, takeaways that they could 
implement. And for me, I would say it was my AM and my PM schedule. Oh, that's okay. where I found my balance. And here's what I mean by that. I would get up early because for me, that was, I didn't have a choice. My husband usually had to leave the house at 7am and of course getting the kids up, getting them ready for school. So I would get up early and my AM schedule would cover my physical and my social. And then my spiritual and my mental would come later. So here's what I mean by that. I was, um, a gym goer. So for me, just to get in some physical movement made the rest of my day go better and made my brain function better. I just felt better in general. So having a physical element of my day to start my day made all of the difference. And so I would go to the gym bright and early. And what I found over time was that that actually filled a social need in me also. Even if I didn't speak to anybody per se, there's uh, when you go to the same place at the same time every day, you start to see the same faces. Mm-hmm. And there's something powerful, at least there was for me, of just being seen, right? Because as a mom, you can get lost in the day, in your world, in the laundry, in the groceries, in the kids, in the homework, right? You can you can feel lost sometimes. And so for me, it was being seen. So I got my physical in there. I got my social. Of course, I had some friends that I would see, say hi to. It didn't need to take up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And in that short little hour of my day, I felt like I set kind of the path for the rest of my day. And then if I looked back at my PM schedule, that was also something that filled my, um, spiritual and my mental. So I'm, I'm a spiritual person. Like I mentioned, my relationship with God is important. And so that involved some, some spiritual time. And if I couldn't get that done in the morning, I would get that done in the evening. And then also I'm a huge reader. I, I love to read. I love to absorb as much knowledge as I can, but as a mom, there's very little time for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, back, man, I, back when I was raising my kids, like audible wasn't around or like easy access to all these listening devices wasn't around. So I would do a little bit of reading every night before bed. Not a lot. I mean, just Mm -hmm. sometimes it was a page before I fell asleep. And that way, what everything else that happened between my AM and my PM schedule, I could dedicate to the rest of my priorities and know that I was still finding a way to fit everything in. So I kind of feel like to all the moms out there that are, are juggling so much, just a few little tips or a few little tricks or a few little tweaks can make the difference. Like for me to this day, I, I plan out my week. Now, now I know there's like type A personalities out there like me and there's other more creative, <laughs> more free spirits. The thought of planning out their week, that's my husband. Like the thought of planning out his week is like dreadful to him. He's like, <laughs> no way. I am a fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. But for me at least, I have one of those calendars that you open up and I can see my whole week and then I can fill in and it doesn't have to be strict. Like I have to do this at 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. Although some days I do have every half hour planned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just because I have so many things that I want I want to fit in. But I'll I'll even plan out, you know, a date night with my daughter or so one, one time with my son or make sure I'm connecting with my husband. But I feel like if I can look at my whole entire week and be like, okay, well, when am I going to write and when am I going to go to the office? Uh, that's for, for Silverfern brand. Or when am I going to make dinner? Like there's just some days when you've got so much that when I write it down in the week, I feel like all the pressure's off. I don't have to carry it in my mind. I don't have to carry it around my shoulders. I'm like, yep, I just know I'm going to get everything in because I can see it on paper and what comes, you know, different things might come and, and throw a wrench in that. But at least in general, I can keep my priorities where they need to be and still work on all of those kind of secondary things that are important to me. 
Okay, you were speaking my love language, Charity. Thank you. No, that is amazing. And I like, because some people say, you know, I get up two hours before my kids. And for some people, that just sounds like, well, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to get up two minutes before my kids because I, I can't do the two hours. So by right. chunking it up, I have never heard that approach. And I really like that as an alternative to, you know, getting up, you know, way before your kids or things like that. Because can you spare the hour and what, and what does that accomplish for you in the morning and then the PM? And you probably really look forward to your PM time as well. Oh, it's like my, I still giggle. I, honestly, I'm like a schoolgirl every time I get into my bed. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's I like a treat. <laughs> sure, sure. And it's really just the intention. Because like, I'm sure many people pick up a book throughout the day or many people work out or many people read the scriptures or whatever they do, but they don't act like it's self-care. That's really yeah. what you're doing. You're just treating it with the intention that you are taking care of yourself and prioritizing what matters to you. And that feels yes. indulgent to you. Yeah. What if everybody else could just take the things they're already currently doing and treat them with that intention? Yeah. I don't know. Yes. It doesn't, it's not adding more to the list. It's just changing your frame of reference. Love You are onto something there. Love I, it's it. exactly right. Yeah. Just, just looking at it differently. Yeah. So you've had a lot going on, especially lately. I mean, you've mentioned, you know, your book and your business and everything, but personally, you've also been enduring yes. a lot. Will you share what that has looked like and how that's kind of rocked rocked it all, probably? Yeah. Well, maybe I'll go back just a little bit. So sure. it was um, it was about 2010, 2000. Oh no, actually, that's when I started. So it was really back 2008 is when I I um, started to delve into health and wellness and nutrition. I won't get into the whole details of it, but the long and short of it is it I just wanted to be skinny. I had four little kids. My life was a little crazy and I just wanted to be skinny. Mm -hmm. And so I was delved quite a bit into just, just lots of different books, lots, lots of literature, different things that were out there in a, in an attempt to simply be skinny. And it was at that time in my life that I felt um, an impression to do more, to learn, to really learn what it meant to be healthy and to make some changes in our household, make some changes to what I was cooking the family for dinner. Um, and that led me onto my current path of nutrition. So my, my bachelor's degree is in accounting, but I have a master's degree in nutrition science and food policy. And so about 2011, I started teaching classes all over, all just about, you know, making, making a little bit more of an effort in what we put into our bodies, because what we put into our bodies does have an impact on disease. So I became very, very passionate about cancer prevention, about disease prevention through nutrition, and I became certified in all this stuff. Um, and then <laughs> lo and behold, unfortunately, tragedy hit our household and in August of 2015, my husband was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. At the time that he was diagnosed, it had already spread to his lungs and to his liver. Ugh. And our world, my world stopped. I mean, quite physically, like it, it, it yeah. just stopped. And it, it was just like in the movies where you just feel like this shock sets in, you can't think clearly, um, and fear, fear becomes this presence, this darkness that wants to, wants to hang out with you every second of every day. And sometimes you let him in and sometimes you hold on to fear and because you think you're friends, mm -hmm. but fear, fear doesn't serve you. Fear doesn't help you. Fear doesn't lift you. And that became a whole new journey for us. And 
and it still is. So like you mentioned, it's 2018. This is the last episode that you're recording for the year. And I, I have such gratitude that it is December of 2018. Like I, I can't even believe that we have been blessed enough that we're still fighting this battle Mm. every single day. And it has given me perspective and life lessons and my husband's amazing. My four kids are amazing. And it's taught me like, I I mean, I could go on and on, but it has, it has taught me so many things. But one of, one of them that I've learned from my husband is live life to the fullest. Like my book will be called, I think, I think life (laughs) is not a dress rehearsal. Like it's not a dress rehearsal. We get one shot. And luckily for me, my husband's always lived that way. He's always lived life to the fullest to just enjoy life and, and take, take like an analysis of your life, take an inventory and be like, is this the life that I want to be living? Because if not, like life's too short to, to waste time on doing things that aren't bringing you joy and aren't bringing you true happiness. Hmm. So have you been able to identify anything for you that you realized really didn't matter that you were doing? Cause I think sometimes we think, Oh, if we're getting really wrapped up in our work or we're getting really wrapped up even in, in the kids and the to do's and everything that, you know, that's not what really matters. But I think oh, for yeah. some people it does. Do you know what I mean? And so, yes. Is there anything that? Yes. I mean, okay. I totally know what you're saying because here's yeah. here's an interesting here's a really really interesting element. There's this great Tim McGraw song that says "Live like you're dying." Yes. Do you know what song you're yes, talking yes, about? Yes, yes. Okay. So when we when when Dan was diagnosed, I was like, okay, yes, we we are gonna live it to the fullest. But here's the problem with that, Jessica. You can't let go of the little things that are that seem mundane because you still have to live life. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Like, we still have to have chores in the house, mm-hmm. right? We still have to wash dishes. We still want to save some money. Like, we don't want to... So in some elements, yes, you, you live like you're dying. But in other ways, we're like, no way. No <laughs> way are we living like we're dying. We want our kids to feel normal. We want to feel normal. Uh... We want life to be normal. So there's this fine, fine balance between living a good, responsible life (laughs) and at the same time understanding that you need to embrace every minute of it. You need to savor every minute of this life. Now, here's here's another interesting kind of paradox of that. Like when I think of savor, I think of food. I think of indulging. I think of, okay, live life to the fullest. Have cheesecake at every meal. (laughs) Yeah. the truth is you're like, no, that's not, right. that's not part of living your best life either. Right. Or on days where we have hard days, I savor the struggle in the sense that it gives me perspective. It helps me realize that, um, it helps me see the things that are, are truly important. So mm-hmm. there is a paradox in that whole idea of living life to the fullest because it can mean different things on different days. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> what it, I'm saying. it does. It does. <laughs> It really makes me think about continuing to engage in your real life with more intention. Really, it's truly what you're doing. So you're still carving out time to go to the gym. And, you know, some people might think, well, you would want to spend every moment with your husband. Or, you know, why, why wouldn't you want to just go on all the trips or whatever? But you really just have to also keep living because ultimately, you know, regardless of, of what happens, I mean, nobody's promised tomorrow. 
Right. But you just want, you're accountable for today. So did you live your best life and did you strive to become better and more purposeful and more loving today? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it is. That's yeah. all it is. You're still living. You're just living with different perspective and you're living with different intention. And, you know, another thing that I really learned through my husband's diagnosis, like you asked about, you know, are there things that you let go or let fall aside? Yeah. Absolutely. Without doubt. Sure. But they weren't necessarily the things that I thought they would be. Here's what I let fall to the side. Um, the things that I was critical about in, in my life, especially in my relationships. So with my husband, um, I was the type of person that would often notice the things that we weren't doing enough of. I was, I was a should have, Oh, we should have been doing this or we should be doing this. Or, you know, we don't do enough of this. We don't save enough. We don't connect enough. We don't have as much in common or whatever. I would find the things in life that maybe, um, weren't going great because I wanted to somehow improve them. But here's what I've learned. I've learned to be fierce about what I focus on now. And now I focus on all of the things that are amazing in my life, that are amazing in my husband, that we can have two different perspectives on things and that we, he can give me his opinion. I can give him my opinion and, and we're better because of it. I focus on all the things that we do have in common. I focus on how much we want the exact same things out of life, out of our family. I focus on our laughter. I focus on our amazing kids. And that has been a gift from that. I did not expect from cancer that, that I can look to cancer now with gratitude, which I never thought would be possible, but that has been a gift. You know, I once heard somebody say cancer is a disease of love. And in that first year, Jessica, I was like, I don't feel love. I don't see love. I feel, I see fear and I feel hard and I feel indecision and not knowing what to do or, or how to treat this because with my husband, because it was stage four, we were offered very, very little hope, very little hope. And mm-hmm. so we had to carve our own path. We went, we went to Tijuana. We did different things. We're still doing alternative things. I'm still every single week trying out new things. My poor husband's like a Guinea pig <laughs> and, and hoping to find um, something that works but hope is hope is a powerful thing. Hope in motherhood, hope in your family. Um, one thing that I would say to all of the young mothers out there, like just embrace the season of your life. Your life will not always be as it is right now. When you are mile high in laundry and changing multiple diapers a day, just just embrace that season, knowing that it just life will will not always be that way, and that. Um, the best is always still yet to come. I still, I still try to live that, that the best is still yet to come. Enjoy every moment, but have hope for the future every day as well. Oh my gosh. Charity. <sighs> I just want you to say all the things about all the things. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh thank sweet. you. You're sweet for giving me a chance to just share and oh, chat with you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I, I just could not agree more. And the thing is, you don't have to wait till the diagnosis to live that way. Don't wait. Yes. Life is not a dress rehearsal. No. This is it. You get one shot. And my husband's so cute. He will always see him. He's always been like that, but he's like, people get one shot at life. Now, 
now I know what that means in terms of like you still need to be responsible and you still need to pay your bills and you still need to, you know, do all those everyday type of things, but do it from a place of love and gratitude and a zest for life. Like you get to live life every single day in this amazing world and this wonderful country surrounded by wonderful people. Wow. Do you have bad days? <laughs> do you have off days? And what do those look like for you? And how do you come back to this place? Because there's people yeah. listening that are like, but I am going through this. And I don't have that hope. And I can't feel that. And I don't know how to access that. And my situation is, you know, fill in the blank, whatever. So speak to that person that's having the bad day that feels like they can't access yeah. what you're talking about. So yes, I have bad days. Yes, I have dark moments. Yes, I have off times. So the first thing I do is recognize it. Okay. Where I'm like, okay, you're you're really off today. Like what's going on? And that might be because I'm like, well, I ate like crap yesterday. And truthfully, physically, I feel like crap when mm -hmm. I eat like crap. So mm -hmm. that's one thing. Uh -huh. Another thing might be, I remember one day where I was just super just super anxious and snappy and short tempered. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like, Oh, Dan's getting a scan tomorrow. Like, so yeah. the first thing I want to do is try to recognize like what's going on. Why, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? And then sometimes Jessica, I feel dang entitled to feel that way where I'm like, no, I'm feeling this way because of this. Like I'm scared or I've had a lousy day or I just missed my flight or whatever. And so then I'm like, okay, fine. You have eight minutes. I don't even know why I picked eight minutes. I have no idea. I'm like, okay, fine. You have eight minutes. You can cry. You can wallow. You can be, woe is me. No one understands. Or I'm feeling gross today or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, but I'm like, fine. Have eight minutes. Go crazy. Like, pull in all the darkness you feel like you are entitled to feel. And then let it go. Because the truth is, I've tried it on. I've worn the fear and the anger and the sadness and it does not feel good and nobody benefits. And I have a stewardship, not only over myself and over my children, but hopefully people that are in my circle of influence that I feel like, no, my job is to be a light wherever I can go. That's part of my purpose to do the very best that I can to be a light. I'm, my job is not to drag people down. And when you try on that darkness and that fear and yeah, but you don't understand life is hard. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not uplifting. It's not. Your soul's not progressing. You will never be in a state of um, enlightenment of where you should go next or what you should do next when you are in that place of darkness or that place of fear. So to those people, I'm like, how's it serving you? How does it feel? It doesn't feel very good. So mm. what I've learned is it's happiness is a choice. Yes, some people come upon it accidentally. And I love those people. I love being around people that are accidentally happy all the time. <laughs> but for me, like, it's it's a choice where every day I have to wake up and I go, okay, well, where are you going to be today? And today I'm going to be like, I am going to be happy. And gratitude is one of the greatest gifts. And I used to think, I used to think that gratitude was my offering to the universe or it was my offering to God. But I have since learned that gratitude is one of the ways that God God speaks or the universe speaks. It's his gift to me. When I've had a day, I mean, there's been many a morning where I'm sitting in my little quiet sitting room all by myself, trying to have some quiet time, trying to connect with God. And I have this overwhelming feeling of gratitude, like where I, where I will like get teary eyed and, and mm -hmm. think of all how blessed we are, especially because my husband's still here and we're still fighting that I, I'll feel this gratitude. And I've learned that, that, 
that is also a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift from God and something that I should choose to embrace and be happy. So I know that life is hard. I I get it. I think of all those young moms out there and I just want to hug them and put my arms around them and be like, you are amazing. And the sacrifice of what you're doing to raise human beings to be good and kind and honest on this earth should never be understated, but be happy, choose it and embrace it and savor every moment. And that is accessible to all people. I love those actionable steps that you described. I think that is going to be so, so helpful. Can I tell you how I've changed my gratitude practice lately that's really been a game changer? Yes, please. Uh, so I've I've often, you know, been on walks and, and I just kind of list out the gratitude things that I'm grateful for and I just kind of list out things. But I've done something differently lately that has changed everything. I've started playing it like a movie in my mind, kind of like a This Is Us montage or something, like clips of my life of me playing on the floor with my kids, of me snuggling up with my three-year-old right now, of me embracing my husband as he walks in the door, of, of being able to walk, to go on a walk in a safe neighborhood with the sun shining. And, and I play it like clips strung together of a this is your life, Jessica kind of thing. The impact of viewing that in kind of a video series versus just like a list of of objects or people or things, oh, it. I mean, it never ceases to not have me well up with tears. Um, so if you're looking for a more impactful, you know, or just like a change to try out, I would definitely recommend that. And I mean, you're going to leave weepy. So if you want to do that, then that's great. If you don't want to do that, then they change that. But it's been that's so beautiful. neat. It's been so neat. What I really love from what I'm hearing from you is just how much you are owning your own participation in your life. Like life is not happening to you, Charity. Like you're not ending up happy pappy because life just keeps handing you all the awesomeness that it has to offer. You are creating the outcome you want to have in your life and you want to have a meaningful relationship with your husband for however long that will be. You want to have great relationships with your kids and and lead with love, like you said, and asking for forgiveness with your son and you're just intentional about that. Um, I'm putting but out. Anyone can do that, right? Like, yes. I, I appreciate you saying that, and yeah. that's so sweet. But I think what I want women to know, and like all these mothers are listening, anybody can do that. Yeah. You know, your podcast. I looked at the name, and I'm like, extraordinary mom, moms. I'm like, oh my gosh, I should not be on her podcast. Like, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing extraordinary. It's just doing the ordinary every day. With like, and that's so. That's that's the thing. Like for all anybody that's listening, everybody can be um, the best that they want to be. They just, they've got to believe it in themselves and they might have to put a little bit of effort to it. Like, I think what I would look back and tell like my pre-motherhood self is, well, there's a few things. One thing I would say is um, you can do more in 20 minutes than you think. That's one thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like if if there's these cute moms and like, well, I only have 20 minutes before my son wakes up or I can't really get into, I'm like, you can do so much in 20 minutes. You could do a chapter of a course that you want to take. You could start a, a blog. You could, you know, sew something and sell it on Etsy. I mean, I don't know what it is, but there's, there's a lot you can do in those tiny little pockets of your day. Um, and then the other, you know, one other thing I would just say is always be working to be better. Like in, in whatever element that is, but that could be a relationship that could be a mother. 
but I also think it could be just in things that you're interested in. Like, I feel like there was, I was sold a truth and a lie when I decided to be a mom and I wanted to have my kids close together. I never really understood why I just had this desire. I was like, I just going to have my kids super close together. Now looking back in hindsight, because of my husband's diagnosis, I I'm so grateful that that prompting came to me to have my kids really close together. Um, I don't even, I'm kind of going all over, but here was the truth. And here was the lie. I felt like, the truth was that there was for me that there was no greater calling for me than to be a mother. But here was the lie that I was sold for a long time that I believed. And it was that my gifts and my talents and my skills were to be used only within the walls of my home or within my family that to use them outside was in some way I was doing injustice to my children. It was like, well, how could, if I really was, if my kids really were a priority, why would I get my real estate license or why would I um, start a company or why would I get my master's degree? Why? And, And I had to fight through those where I was like, well, are they my priority? Are my kids my priority? Have I lost my priorities? I'm like, no, it's about, it's about juggling and balancing. But the truth is that your gifts and your talents can benefit your children and they should, but they can also benefit humanity in some way, shape or form. We're all very, very different, whether it's introverts or extroverts or whatever. This world is better when people are living their very best life. And so that's what I would tell every mom out there. Be the best mother that you know how to be, but be the best you that you know how to be. Embrace change. Look for it. Seek correction in your own life so that you can constantly find ways to do better. Yeah, I always tell people that's why I stopped reading parenting books and I started reading self-help books and going to therapy (laughs) because I realized if I'm not modeling for them what it looks like to be my best self, how am I ever going to encourage that in my kids? Yeah. Right? Yes. Oh, so, so good. And so kind of going along with that, how do you instill that in your kids? How have your kids changed since, I mean, they're walking around every day knowing their dad has a cancer diagnosis and that he's fighting every day and that, you know, how do you help yeah. them through that? And how does life look different three years into this? And yeah, how does that look? It's like the only topic that will get me really emotional is like mm-hmm. my kids and 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 not really knowing how how they're doing it right like i i don't really know because in our house you know Dan and I have made the decision to try to make life feel as normal as possible the kids still get in trouble they like like it's not like oh good let's have let's have frosting for dinner every night because we want to just live this euphoric life um my kids are amazing but and i don't want to speak for them but if i if I could maybe guess, my guess is that they too have been blessed with a perspective of things that really matter. And when in life do you need that more than as a teenager where you are being, you know, like you're being influenced by things left and right at middle school and high school that just don't matter. How many comments, how many likes, how many followers, how many, what, like the branded jeans, the who knows what. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that my kids, because of this cancer diagnosis and because of how much they love their dad, they're just like, those things don't matter. Hmm. You know, I think they do still fall prey to it sometimes. And I, and I can't interpret their fears 
But what I do know or believe to be true is that kids will follow the example of their parents. If I am sad, I think my kids feel sad. If their dad is anxious, I think they feel anxious. But if we're loving or if my husband kisses me and is like, man, we've got the best life and the best family, that my kids feel that and and they can then go and be and live their best self. I have two kids that have um, decided to leave home to go live in a different country and share their belief about God with others, knowing that they are giving up time with their dad. Mm. And so for me, I'm like, you know what? That is, that tells me that we've at least given them permission to be exactly who they feel that they are meant to be and give them the wings and the, the encouragement to live their best life. Come what may, come what may. And I think probably the inclination for many would be to clip their wings, right? And be yes. like, stay close to home. Let's just hunker and down. I was like that in the beginning. Okay. Oh yeah, I was like okay. that. I'm like, don't, don't ride your bike. Don't get in the car with friends. Stay home. Don't leave. Um, like, yeah, that was me for a little while. That mm. I was so, and that was fear. It was all fear in the mm. beginning. And, and three years later, we've, fear doesn't live with us anymore. It's the most amazing thing. It's like fear's fear's gone for the for the most part. We feel empowered. I feel like you know what? Bring it on. We, we're gonna do the best that we can, and and know that we're not in control, but we are only in control in choosing how happy we're gonna be that day. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Thank you for that. I know people are going to want to hear so much more from you. And gratefully, you've taken on that that goal of, of speaking out, using your voice, using your story. Where can people find you and what are you excitedly working on now that um, we can look for in the future? Okay. Well, so what I'm working on right now, there's a few places they can find me. Okay. Um, my personal Instagram, which is where I do most of my posting is a vibrant life perfectly titled way to go thank you (laughs) my personal website which will be dedicated more to my book and public speaking will be charitylighten.com that's not live quite yet and then professionally I'm super super excited about just products amazing products that I've been working on my passion is gut health I did my thesis on the microbiome so I do a lot of speaking about that so the products probiotics children's chewable probiotics multivitamins those sorts of things protein powders all that can all be found at silverfernbrand.com Oh my gosh. You are so, so amazing. Um, I'm putting out an audio series in December about owning your story and, and realizing how extraordinary each of us truly are. And so, like I said before about you being so extraordinary and, you know, you're so right when you said, but each of us is capable of owning that in ourselves. And I believe that so wholeheartedly. And the other funny thing that you said was that, you know, Everybody is extraordinary in their everyday lives. And actually, I'm renaming the podcast in 2019 to something very similar to that. And that's going to be announced uh, this Friday. So it's really funny that you said that. Because I do really want to expand the platform for all versions of extraordinary. Yes, mothers are extraordinary. And the motherhood journeys just have blown us away for these past 284 episodes. Um but I just went through fires in my community and the firefighters and the loss of life. Uh, that, you know, just like there is just extraordinary happening all around for people that are just showing up 
doing what they do, right? And being intentional. And so I'm really excited to kind of expand that um, in 2019 and I just feel really honored that you would be my final guest of the year. Well, I just love, I love what you're doing. I love that you are bringing light and, you know, this world can feel dark sometimes. And I love that you are shedding light on things that are wonderful and beautiful and extraordinary and letting people see these amazing stories and giving them inspiration to, to own their own story and to be their best life. I was looking, like I told you before, I was looking back on some of your older podcasts and I cannot wait to, to get in and delve in and listen and just find little pockets of light and sunshine in a world that truly does need it. Mm, thank you so much for saying that. That really means a lot to me. I am so grateful for you. Thank you for the light that you share and just all the love and prayers for your husband, for your family, and you just keep living your best life, Charity. You just keep doing it. Happy (laughs) holidays and let's like make 2019 amazing. Yes. Isn't Charity a powerhouse? Oh my gosh. She is using her voice to do so much good and each of you listening, listen up. You are capable of using your voice to impact in the exact same way. You are able to be intentional about the choices you make every day, the way you prioritize your values. Are you doing that today? Imagine if we were all really intentional and mindful about doing the things that were most important to us. Imagine the lives we'd be living and the fulfillment we would be feeling. Charity is doing just that, and I hope that all of you listening are inspired to do the same. So you can check out Charity, beautiful pictures of her, her family, links to where you can find her online. You're definitely going to want to be on her website when she is sharing about launching her book and everything. I mean, you're just going to want more of her. I am confident in that. So you can go to ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com for all of that info. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDahlquist3 or on Facebook at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast. Like I said, this Friday, I'm coming out with a final episode for 2019. I will be sharing what's happening with the podcast. There's some changes coming up for 2019 that I am so excited to share with you. And in addition, I kind of teased the idea um, during this conversation with Charity about the audio series that I'm releasing in December that I can't wait to share with you. And more details will be on this Friday's episode. So you're going to want to for sure tune in then. But rest assured. The podcast is not going anywhere and there is just going to be more goodness and more extraordinary people to be heard in 2019. So I guess I can't really end this episode like I normally do, welcoming you back next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. So I guess I will just say Merry Christmas. I love you. (laughs) Definitely tune in for Friday's episode, but then I will see you in 2019 for a whole new season of Extraordinary People. I can't wait. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.